0: Hi,
1: I'm Darren Ride.
0: And I'm Tim Beadle.
1: Welcome to Disciple Making. Hey! Welcome back to Disciple Making. I'm Darren Ride here with Tim Beadle. And we are continuing to work our way through some of the contrasts and in, in the way we come today to. Uh, number 13 contrast about maturity. Tim, what's the contrast
0: and where are we going with it today? Well, I don't know how you uh, measure maturity. You know, physically when kids grow, remember, I don't know if you ever did this, and Did you ever put the kids against the uh door frame of your house and sort of just do a little line and then just sort of monitor their growth over the years? Yeah, we had a spot uh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so do when you look back on that, especially for little kids when they're growing up quickly. Uh, but the challenge is, is is here how do we really gauge maturity? Mm-hmm. Um, I heard someone said you know you, you can get old but you can stay uh, spiritually immature all your life. And mm-hmm. so uh, uh, Damien here he talks about the difference between knowledge uh, and christ likeness. so, so let, let those two words sink in. I think we need them both. Uh, but uh, what is the relationship between the two and what are the fruit? Uh, How can we really see a demonstration of of maturity in terms of growing into becoming a disciple maker uh, when it comes to knowledge versus Christ-likeness, Darren?
1: Yeah, you know, this is an interesting one because it's not that we're talking about something to the exclusion of knowledge. (laughs) Knowledge is pretty important. I mean, Scripture talks about knowledge, you know, the knowledge of the Son of God and everything else, but... This is really a contrast I think between knowledge only, head knowledge, yep. you know, something maybe even as blatant as having scripture memorized but it never filters down into our action and even more importantly our our character. Yeah, exactly. It's so all about knowledge versus character and you know we, we think of you know the first Corinthians 13 passage where knowledge puffs up. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. love builds up. The knowledge alone doesn't cut it. It needs to somehow translate into into character and I mean this is I think an identified problem. I think even most people in legacy churches who who embrace that model will recognize this is a real challenge.
0: Yeah, yeah, it sure is. Uh, when you think, uh, as you said, knowledge is important, but the unfortunate reality is, is that not only does knowledge puff up, but if you you can become a know-it-all. Let, let, let's just be mm-hmm. frank. In in terms of knowing your Bible, knowing uh, church doctrine. You know it all, but when you look at the person's life, there isn't a corresponding display of fruit, or even, as you said, the most important character. Because when we talk about Christ likeness, uh, that is the element of the heart and the soul mm. that longs to be more and more uh like Jesus. Like in, in the Beatitudes, you know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after not so much knowledge. But righteousness, the, the the way of Christ, the uh, and then God says, "Okay, I'll fill you. I can fill you if that's where your heart wants to go." But uh, the last thing He wants to do is make us into uh, Pharisees or Sadducees who had a lot of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> they knew all they knew all the laws and uh, and how to for others to apply it or or use them as a basis of judgment. But their 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 lives were never changed by it in terms of the reason that jesus ended up headbutting heartbutting with them in hmm. terms of the lack of application
1: yeah and and so really we, we need to wrestle to the ground a little bit tim about first of all what actually is christ likeness which i would say is synonymous with spiritual maturity in the christian sense yeah. and what actually is it and then of course how do we how do we move in that direction it's mm-hmm. uh, we've said so many times it's one thing to identify a problem, and I think this would be a universally accepted problem. But how do we move towards a solution? So what's your, when you think about Christ-likeness, whether you know, for yourself or the people you're ministering with, What
0: what is your working sense or definition of Christ-likeness? Yeah. Well, obviously the focus is on Jesus Christ uh, he, because we're, we're to become like him. Okay. Also, I do know that the, the Holy Spirit uh, that we inherit when we cross the line of faith, that he comes to live in us, well, one of his uh, central functions and the features of his association with us is to uh, urge us and lead us to become like Christ.
1: Hmm.
0: So, so Christ, uh, Christ-likeness is obviously becoming like Christ, uh, which is an internal, it comes from the inside out, Darren, I would say. Hmm. Uh, now, Jesus has left us an example Uh, We are to follow him. And in previous episodes, the word follow is to really imitate him. Uh, But unfortunately, imitation can be an external, uh, solely an external exercise in just parroting or mimicking Mm -hmm. uh, what Jesus says or what he does. And it never gets down to the heart.
1: Yeah, and that is where, as you've already flagged, that is where it is actually a work of the spirit. That yeah. that the knowledge and the word, I believe, you know, becomes yeah. a tool in part in the hands of the spirit, you yeah. know, to, to to form Christ in us. And, you know, the Ephesians four progression and even description in Ephesians four about maturity and Christ-likeness, it has, you know, these high-level descriptions of unity. And then yeah. talks about maturity and Christ likeness, building each other up. And then it moves into some specific do's and don'ts. I would yeah. say, which I describe as nonconformity. That's and, right. know, So, yeah. so those are some of the character traits in a in a high level. I think of that. And and another one I go to quickly is
0: is uh, the fruit of the
1: spirit. Obviously, yeah, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the problem, the challenge with the fruit of the spirit is that we read that list and then we try to do it in our own strength. Right. <laughs> and many times i've heard people preach we need to be more loving and be more peaceful that is not actually the teaching it is mm-hmm. that we we have to be so united with and connected to jesus that his spirit can bear uh we just bear the fruit of the spirit so 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 this is a, a journey in intimacy uh, that mm-hmm. word knowledge uh you know in the greek and also uh basically when you think right back to the beginning of scripture uh that that's that's the same word that's used when Adam knew Eve as an in intimacy and they bore a child. Uh, it talks about an intimate relationship with, but unfortunately, we have either watered it down or lowered these standards in that we just think we have to learn stuff. Hmm. And, and that's the exercise that we commit to. Uh, have you ever done a sword drill in church? Where's this? Where's that? And the quickest person who knows where it is wins. Yeah. That's not how you win or mature in in the walk with Jesus. Yeah, and and, and again, it, it's very interesting.
1: This one's interesting, Tim, because knowledge is important, and teaching is the way we gain knowledge of you know, being taught. But that doesn't, you know, that doesn't really move us down the field. We uh, we were in a discussion some time ago with uh, an individual. They were struggling with one aspect of the fruit of the spirit. I think it was kindness, for instance, and they were just recognized that there is. A gap of kindness, and you know, people were giving different advice and all kinds of things. It was a lot along the lines of effort, but we had to come back and, and say, You know what, this is a manifestation of the spirit, and there's an absence of this manifestation of the spirit. The answer is, Yeah, the spirit, exactly. Not absolutely <laughs> try harder, yeah, a fresh feeling and a, and a deep work of the yeah. spirit of God. Yeah. And I think that's where it's you know, this becoming Christ like is a very humbling thing. Uh, you know, in terms of pursuing it? Because it really,
0: we don't bring a lot to the table. <laughs> no, I think I think in the church, uh, historically, uh, we have been really good at teaching things, teaching knowledge to people. Uh, so, the, And we assume in leaders that if, we, well, if we've taught it, they've heard it, and that's the end of the actual communicative exercise. Whereas uh, we are missing the mark. Uh, I think when it comes to Christ-likeness there has to be not only teaching knowledge but also the training element where mm-hmm. we're making sure that the the principles of knowledge get massaged into the heart mm-hmm. to the point of number 1 we actually as leaders exemplify i always say this if you if you aren't living it you can't lead it so mm-hmm. they so the fact that we are to become Christ-like, you know, Jesus walked the earth. He gave us an example that we are to look at. Jesus was the image of the invisible God, you know, Colossians. So when we look at Jesus, we get a sense of what God is in the flesh, and and therefore He's just inviting us to become like Him through the Spirit. Is that it? it basically, just becomes a an exercise of who do we really desire to become, and mm-hmm. who is who is our the model. Uh, there was a chorus that said, you know, in terms of Jesus, you, know, you are my pattern for living. Um, your way of life is my goal, uh, gentle and kind and forgiving under the Spirit's control. Mm-hmm. And so, but then it goes on to, but you have to transform my life from within, Lord, renew me. So there's this transformational work that that we see in Romans 12, where we simply place ourselves on on the, as it were, spiritual operating table, and the Holy Spirit, uh, we, we offer our bodies, which is really the entity of who we are and what we want to become, and that's when the actual change happens.
1: Yeah. Well, that's so well said, Tim. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's important then to recognize that this character transformation doesn't take place in just, you know, in, or isn't show up just in the quiet of our own, you know, in our our own little space here? That that character change shows up in conduct.
0: Yeah, it does.
1: You know, again, we can't work our way to character change. It's like the faith and, faith and works tension in James, yeah. right? We yeah. we can't we can't work our, our way to character change, but the character change shows up in in our actions. And and I know that you know when Jesus said, "If you love me, you'll obey my commands." Yeah, that's right. You great. know, you know, loving God, loving Jesus, is a pretty high. It's yeah. an action, but it's also a character thing. Yeah. And I think one of the principles I, I've seen, and I, it's pointed out here even in this in this section in the book, this idea of rapid, even immediate obedience
0: yeah. kind
1: of being an indication of that character change, that Christ-likeness where the Lord makes something clear and you just do it. And that really is a
0: picture of Jesus. Yeah. I think I mentioned a couple of uh, podcasts ago that the, the, the delayed obedience— is actually disobedience. Yes. And, uh, you know, our pastor, Cal spoke on that several weeks ago, and it has just stuck with me mm. just because so often we say, well, I'll get around to it. <laughs> and that's usually, when we say I'll get around to it, it means we have the knowledge, but we haven't made the commitment to turn it into a conviction that will exemplify itself in our conduct. Mm. And so, therefore, I guess the question is, and I think this is where the spirit would would put his finger on a certain area of my life and say, okay, you, you know it, but why haven't you submitted this? Or, mm-hmm. as I've said before, surrender. Mm-hmm. Surrender isn't giving up as much as it is trading up. Because when you think about becoming like Christ, like, wow, <laughs> like, like, like. This isn't a downgrade in terms of human experience. Uh, this is the pinnacle of, of anything that we would ever hope and long from. And when you think that we've been created in the very image of God, we can do this and become like this. And that's why uh, Paul says to the Ephesians in chapter three you know, that that, that that we can be filled to the very measure of the fullness of God. Mm. And 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 when I keep that understanding, that knowledge before me. It goes right to the heart, because uh, when we see how Jesus lived, how he died, the promises that he made, uh, it isn't about trying to be perfect in terms of knowing it all, but, but just simply submitting to him, surrendering to him, and just really wanting to be like him, like really longing to be like Jesus. Oh
1: yeah. that's I love that, Tim. It's not a, it's not a give up, but a trade up. Yeah. Becoming more or less like my default setting, which is completely self-centered and all about me and becoming more like him. That is definitely a trade up. So what are the, how do we in a ministry context, leadership context, facilitate this in the people? Well, A for ourselves and B for the people.
0: How do we, how do we do that? I'm glad you said that because it starts with us. Absolutely. Uh, In terms of teaching Christ-likeness, it actually starts with our own walk with the Lord. Mm. And uh, just just really, I think the, um, you know, Philippians 2 that just talks about the the humility. We have to become humble before the Lord Mm. Uh, and to confess and to say how it is and to repent of those areas that we ourselves, and we all have them, if if you deny uh being a sinner then then you're a liar. <laughs> uh but hopefully as as we go on in life the, the areas that we've struggled with in the past the, the, this is part of the the process of sanctification in becoming more holy or set apart for God that that he can use us. So that, that that's where it starts. It starts in the heart of the leader when he or she understands the difference and wants to make that journey between and the relationship between between knowledge and Christ likeness. Hmm. No, that's good. That's where it starts.
1: Yeah. 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 You know, I I have a friend who's a pastor and very commonly, I do this from time to time, but very commonly, I think almost every sermon he preaches, either at the the conclusion or somewhere in the message, he has a period of silence for people actually ask the Lord what the Lord wants to do it in relation yeah. to whatever the topic is. You know, in a way gives the spirit some room to work. And I think that's from a practical standpoint, whether it's for me personally or for, you know, the way we teach and train, I think that's something that does uh, yeah. address some characteristics because the spirit can do it in a way that we can't. Like yeah. I can never list every possibility, in every person's life, but the spirit is very capable of doing yeah,
0: that. That's right. I think as well, how we look at people, they aren't containers in which we sort sort of just pour knowledge into them but man, I, I don't know about you, but I, I've got some people who really want to grow in their faith. I love these people, mm-hmm. and and I want I want to walk with them. I I, I don't want them just to read another chapter, but but I, I want to you know study the Bible with them. I want to walk with them, and then grapple with the areas that uh, the world has inundated their understanding of what it means, mm-hmm. just to be successful, and and then we sort of uh. uh De-escalate, deconstruct things. Look at the example of Jesus. That, that, that's why I love that that, that book by a uh, Spader, Walk Like Jesus. Because mm-hmm. it says if anyone, if you're in Christ, isn't it first John 2? If you're in Christ, you must walk like him. And that walk is basically, well, that, that's what me a disciple is all about, mm-hmm. is that you become like him. You you aspire to imitate, and that when people look at you, Well, look in Acts when when these uneducated men, where God was using them in a miraculous way, and people said, "Who who are these guys?" Those are people who have spent time with Jesus. Yeah, Uh, they uh, because they and they saw they saw the correlation between the way they were acting and how Jesus acted. And boy, if people would say that about me. Mm During my life, not only oh at the God. end, but during <laughs> totally my life, at the funeral, eh? yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone says good stuff at the funeral. but but wouldn't that be neater if someone said, hey, "You know what? Hmm. You remind me of Jesus." Like, like I think that would be the outworking when other people see it. Not only when you try to be more and more like Jesus, but people see hmm. the correlation between our character and 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 the, that of the Lord's.
1: Oh yeah. You, you kind of alluded to it there. You know, the, the spiritual disciplines, and we can we could go through what those all are, really are intended to create yeah. space for God to work, but you know, the spiritual disciplines in a narrow sense can move us towards being Pharisees. Yeah. Or properly applied can move us towards being Christ like. You know, I, I think the intake of the word of God from from a from a from an both an informational and uh, you know, and, and uh, allowing it to impact a st- uh, standpoint does a lot that way because we're inundated with all these other messages. You referred to that, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's the word of God in the hands of the Spirit of God that kind of pushes that back. You know, and I've I've seen my wife, you know, over many decades, a very shy, uh, soft spoken, and she's still quiet and everything else, but she's become so bold in the faith, and yeah. it's primarily, in my observation, the intake of the word. Yeah. Where where she takes in the word and it changes her yeah. and she knows she gets a prompting to, to do something that is difficult, but she knows the voice of the Spirit. Yeah. And so she does it. Yeah. You know, and, and that's really, uh, to me, uh, you know, she's, for me, she's just a great example of that. But it's really being,
0: comes back to that obedience issue that shows there's been a heart change. Yeah. So uh, I think Damien in his book talks about the difference between knowing God and knowing about God. Yeah. And everyone knows something about God. And we're coming up to Advent. Oh, yeah, there's that story again. Uh, And I'm actually going to be preaching on the wise men uh, Mm. who came from afar. And at at the end of that passage in in Matthew 2, it puts people in one of three categories. Uh, Either like Herod, who wasn't too pleased and all of Jerusalem heard about it. Uh, He wanted to wipe out even the thought of having a rival king. Mm. Uh, those are like the Grinches in our society. The Ebenezer Scrooges in society, who just want nothing to do with God. Um, hmm. uh, our listeners, yeah, I don't think you're in that uh, trajectory today, but 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 then you have those the wise men who came, and and they realized that they were in the presence of Majesty, and they worshipped Him. They gave hmm. precious gifts. Hopefully, that's where we end up. But but in in that uh, passage in Matthew two. The troubling uh, hmm. second circle from worship, moving out, is that those who heard that God's son had been born, and they were like the the, the um, people, the advisors to the king, who knew all the knowledge about where the king was to be born, Bethlehem. Yeah. But when the news came, they didn't do anything about it. Hmm. You know, they didn't saddle up their stallions and started riding down to to the the house where the child was. And and that's where you'll end up in your faith walk. Mm. If you think you've become as mature as you need to be, you'll have all the knowledge, but it never changed you. And, man, those guys missed out going and seeing Jesus. And I wonder sometimes how the areas that we miss might miss out as well, simply because we're content with our knowledge. But, but but we don't have a hunger and thirst to to follow and become like Jesus. Hmm.
1: Well, that that really does pull us back to that you know, what we take, taking the yeah. knowledge and turning into obedience and application. And what a great link to the Advent season that we're entering, you know. which means that this, this might actually come out about the right time, Tim. It could, it I could think
0: so well. as well. Yeah. in the next yeah. month but, or so. But it's well, a great that, picture. That, it's that, a great picture, what,
1: that contrast there.
0: Yeah. That's what God's been speaking. And so just as it always does, the Lord sort of uh, weaves all these threads of faith together, but yeah. uh, you know, you, you got to read your Bible friends. And as you do mm-hmm. that, uh, where is it challenging you uh, by the Holy Spirit? Uh, where is he trying to refine you? And mm-hmm. I know way, way back, probably a year ago in these uh, episodes, we talked about uh, who we're like, and I think you talked about your father and the likeness, and 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 I talked about things as well. Uh, it's easy for us to pick up the physical traits of human likeness with other people that we are genetically attached mm-hmm. to. Uh, but in what areas are we... Becoming more and more like Jesus, becoming Christ-like, and do you like that? Do you have a desire to become like Jesus? Oh yeah, the Spirit longs to make us
1: like Jesus. This isn't something we have to twist his arm over or obsess over. It's a matter, as uh, you mentioned, Romans twelve, yielding ourselves yeah. to Him, and that moves us down the path. So I'd say, you know, as we move towards closing here, Tim, it's a matter of of giving the Spirit something to work with. And allowing him to work and, and having a freedom for him to challenge and convict and encourage us, and learning his voice yeah. and obeying when he speaks.
0: Yeah, and I think um, uh, I think you wrote a, a book a while back the, the the DNA of a Christ follower and those eight essential qualities. Uh, if people want to do more reading, you know, pick up Darren's book in that regard as well. Uh, because we have the capacity, but we do have do we have the desire to mm. truly come become more like Jesus.
1: Amen. That is the call. That's the number one call once we come to faith to make us like Jesus. It's what God wants. And that's, you know, that's what it means to be a disciple and become exactly. be the kind of person who can then make a disciple because we multiply exactly.
0: character as much as anything else. Amen. Amen. So, so that's it for this week, friends. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I love connecting. Uh as we do uh, with Darren, and uh, we'll do more into the future and into next year, uh, just because this is a lifestyle. This isn't something you learn by knowledge. (laughs) This is the journey of becoming more like Jesus so that we can help others find him and lead them in that journey. Uh, So until next week, uh, Darren Ride with Tim Beadle. May God bless you richly.
1: Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or Christ follower DNA. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.